0: I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 10 minutes before 9 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. It is the 13th of November 2019. This is episode 163 of Bitcoin and lapse Let's talk about some LAPS. We've got some community stuff going on here. Kumo.chat. All right. So I guess we should... Let me start with LAPS.co. Um, this is where you can kind of... This is a place that you can go to find lightning applications. And as of late, uh, they've been really... I mean, more and more Lightning applications have been coming out, and I, I just keep seeing LAPS uh, Twitter account going nuts. The latest one, I've reported on, the, on on another one. I think I've reported on two already. This is going to be the third. Kumo.chat has been announced by LAPS, and it is an anonymous, self-destructing, shareable chat room powered by Lightning. Kumo.chat allows users to rent chat rooms using the lightning network that self-destruct after use. No user data or messages are ever saved to the database. Rooms completely disappear after 24 hours. Rent a room, share it with friends all without worrying about your data being abused. That's what it has to say. So, um, during that announcement on Twitter that I saw one of the comments, some, uh, I, really remiss in not remembering the gentleman's name, but was kind enough to actually test this out. He rented one of these rooms. I got in and was just saying hi to people and other people got in and, and now it's gone. The whole thing's gone. It's completely gone. Now, will it ever be abused? Yeah, because you can screen cap. Okay. Be aware. I mean, there's, there's more than one way to skin an app or a a cat, a lap, whatever. In either event, just you know, be aware there are ways that people could possibly abuse this, but still really cool. I mean, come on, renting a, a, a chat room for a day, I could I, I definitely could see that as being fairly useful. I mean, I guess there would be a lot of people who say, well, why don't I just use Telegram? But I mean, if it's really, really sensitive, then you may want to wanna do this. Whether you want to or not, it still demonstrates that there are people that are just building on lightning, and it's just going nuts. Uh, Another thing out of the community is Lolly. (laughs) Lolly. This is from their blog. Lolly is thrilled to announce it has been named to CNBC's 2019 Upstart 100 list. This is Aubrey Strobel. She is the chief communications officer down there at Lolly. She's writing uh, yesterday that... The only Bitcoin-related company topping this year's list, Lolly, secured a spot among 99 other promising companies around the world in CNBC's third annual Upstart 100 recognition announced this morning. Over 600 companies applied for this honor and were scored on eight equally weighted quantitative metrics, including scalability, sales growth, user-customer growth, workforce diversity – Access to capital and community, intellectual property, and industry size and industry lifecycle stage. The top 100 highest-scoring companies were selected for this year's honor. Nice. Uh, co-founder of Lolly Matt Center said, "Quote: So excited and proud of what Alex and I and our amazing team have built in such a short amount of time. Making the CNBC Upstart list is high praise." And great for both of us and Bitcoin. Many thanks to CNBC and our Lolly community. CEO and co-founder of Lolly, Alex Adelman, said quote, Honored to share that we made, just made CNBC's Twenty nineteen Upstart One Hundred, highlighting the world's top startups to watch, thankful for our team, partners, and you, our incredible community for all you do to advance our shared mission of making Bitcoin more accessible to all. Each upstart has raised no more than fifty million of venture capital, which means valuations are still relatively low, while promise and potential are high. And although the unicorns of twenty nineteen have represented at times frothy, fad-like market trends, the upstart one hundred company. Companies present a broader picture of where venture capitalists are placing their bets in the more distant future. The companies that made this year's upstart one hundred list represent nearly every sector in the economy, from enterprise software to finance to issuance, healthcare, and retail. They come from ten different countries, sixteen u s states and d c of the one hundred twenty five are led by women, all of them are less than five years old, but forty are less than three years old, and eleven were founded just last year. And all of the 100 companies on the list have quickly become entrepreneurial success stories worth keeping an eye on. So congratulations, Lolly. That was well-deserved. You guys have been kicking butt for a long, long time. Now, let's talk about a black hole. Alistair Williamson tweeted out this morning. He's at Stockboard Asset on Twitter. 13th of November, 8.33 a.m., New York Fed accepts all of 77.09 billion in bids submitted at overnight repo operation. So we just pumped $77 billion into a completely 100% subscribed repo. So yeah, $77 billion just entered the market. This is just, this is clearly QE or I guess it's I guess we're calling it no QE. Anyway, so that little bit of black hole news starts off the morning roundup. And if you can't tell, my voice is fried. It is really fried. I got a sore throat. It's we we've been having temperature changes up and down. I mean, it's like been like fifteen degrees and 70 degrees within like 48, 72 hours and it's just going, it's going nuts. It's going up and down, up and down. That kind of thing will make you sick. Okay. So bundle up out there. Winter's probably going to be brutal. The central bank of Tunisia is denying reports that it has launched a digital currency. This is Danny Nelson and Anna Betakova writing for CoinDesk, uh, yesterday In a sweeping rejection published this week, the central bank quashed unfounded rumors that it had become the first monetary authority to issue a central bank digital currency, or CBDC, asserting instead that an unaffiliated, quote, proof-of-concept project was taken out of context. Quote, The Central Bank of Tunisia has not engaged any relationship of any kind with any national or foreign provider with the aim of creating any digital currency, end quote. The bank did admit that it is considering a CBDC as it says it is studying all existing alternatives, but there is no immediate plans for an eDinar to go live. Quote, the bank is studying the opportunities and risks inherent in these new technologies, particularly in terms of cybersecurity and financial stability, Last week, Russia's state-owned TASS news agency reported the central bank was partnering with the Universia blockchain to develop and issue a digital currency. The announcement was claimed to have come at a Forex Club Tunisia event, but the central bank said that no announcement was ever made. Instead, it pointed to a CBDC test project demonstrated at the Forex event at the root of the misunderstanding. Quote, this test of POC was taken out of context, becoming a marketing operation where the name of the BCT was improperly used. So there you go. They've retracted. They've completely backstepped on what I was reporting on, on uh, Monday. Uh, I was talking about this. So they're saying that they're not doing it. Other people are saying like starting to backtrack. I guarantee you that they're, they're probably going to do it. I don't know what the whole backtracking issue is with these people. Um, it's it seems kind of strange because we all know that this is coming. We all know this is coming. So I, you, eh, it is what it is. Uh oh, yeah. more more Lolly news. I should have I should have stacked this is what I should have done. But it, this is just the way that the tabs roll out in my in my browser. <clears throat> Alibaba partners with Lolly to allow U.S. shoppers to earn free Bitcoin. Nice. <laughs> This is Helen Parts. She's writing for Cointelegraph on the 11th. Chinese e commerce giant Alibaba has partnered with Bitcoin reward shopping app Lolly, enabling its shoppers to earn 5% back in Bitcoin. Alibaba customers can now get Satoshis, the smallest unit of Bitcoin currency, when shopping thousands of items online, Lolly says. The partnership was announced on Singles Day, a shopping day that is celebrated in China on November the 11th and is considered to be the world's biggest one-day shopping event. According to Lolly, Alibaba shoppers spent more than $31 billion on Singles Day in 2018. Alex Edelman, CEO and co-founder at Lolly, pointed out that the new move is a milestone partnership for Lolly and Alibaba. <clears throat> oh, sorry, for Lolly as Alibaba is the largest retailer and e-commerce company in the world. Quote, our partnership allows our users to earn free Bitcoin on millions of products online every day. Arguably, the most important piece of this partnership is that it supports our mission of connecting the entire world through commerce. End quote. According to a Coindesk report, the new program will only be available for purchases in the United States. Aubrey Strobel, Lolly's head of communications, reportedly claimed that pre- residents in China will not be able to participate and products would be shipped from China to U.S. users. In the report, Edelman highlighted the firm's plans to exp- expand globally in 2020 and emphasized that the partnership is a great first step to connect China and the U.S., through Bitcoin and commerce. Earlier today, Cointelegraph reported on Fold, one of the oldest Bitcoin shopping rewards apps, launching support for home-sharing giant Airbnb today. With this new feature, Fold users can get 3% back in Bitcoin on every stay and experience booked on the platform. The app works in selected countries, including the U.S., Australia, Canada, Ireland, Mexico, and the United Kingdom, depending on the specific brand. Regarding Alibaba, the Chinese retail giant has not been friendly to Bitcoin to date. On October the 10th, Alibaba's digital payment arm, Alipay, reiterated its negative stance to Bitcoin, confirming that it will be banning all transactions identified as connected to Bitcoin. So I I guess this is a two headed snake here. Uh one side, one side is saying they don't like Bitcoin, the other side is clearly saying that they do, otherwise they wouldn't partner at all with the <laughs> with Lolly. And again, it's weird we're in a we're in a weird place where people are like they like bitcoin but they don't like bitcoin. They like bitcoin but they don't like bitcoin. It's just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But again, congratulations to Lolly who is out there basically walking around on fire. And something that is on fire in not a good way is EOS. <laughs> yep, a mysterious airdrop called Edia or Idos E-I-D-O-S is clogging EOS to make a point. I guess we think. Uh, Brady Dale is writing on November the 11th for Coindesk. EOS has been clogged up by a giant airdrop for a token called E-I-D-O-S, and it's not clear the token is even good for anything. Well, most of them aren't people, so keep that in mind. In fact, it seems as though the people behind the token are trying to make a point. The token seizing up the network is called Eidos. It's promoted by a Twitter account, at E-N-D-O-S. U-M-I-V-O, whose website only describes the token generation, not its purpose. However, its tweets appear to express discontent with the block producer running or block producers running the EOS blockchain today. And they show a quote which says, six days into IDOS airdrop and 20,000 users are joining it. Your CPU, your freedom, you either give your EOS CPU to freeloaders or you convert your CPU to IDOS." The choice is yours. Wow, that's kind of scathing. The smart contract went live on October the thirty first and is designed to encourage maximum transactions. The size doesn't matter. This has caused EOS to go into congestion mode, which Coinbase described on its blog as limiting the amount of transactions a user can broadcast to their pro rata share of total stake CPU resources on the EOS network. In other words. EOS usually provides a little give when it has excess capacity and it usually does but that's all been maxed out due to the demand spurred by the EOS or EDOS smart contract CoinDesk has previously reported on dissatisfaction in segments of the EOS community with how the chain is being managed that said sources in the community say it's unclear how clogging up the blockchain will unseat the current power structure the Enum, Enumivo Enumivo uh, okay, we'll go with that. The Inumivu Twitter account has not replied to a request for comment from Coindesk on its blog. It describes vague plans for a decentralized market maker system of which EDOS is said to be the beginning. Quote, it's a token that is pretty sparse on information, but then again, there's that's nothing unusual in crypto. Aaron Cox of Graymass, a block producer candidate, explained to Coindesk over Telegram. Sharif, but Keela, the CEO of EOS Dublin, a block producer candidate, argued that despite the technical hiccup and the mysterious intent, it may not be a bad thing for EOS. He said, quote, this contract is a real contract. I might not understand it or agree with it or get why people want these tokens, but they want this token. And they are using the network in order to get them. And I think that has to be seen as a positive thing. I'm not going to go on into the rest of this because my throat is is on fire So this is probably going to be a shorter show because of that. But there's the news. We've got somebody who dropped a a ton of garbage coin on a garbage coin chain and it's clogging up their network. So I don't know. Take that. Whatever. Osato Avanamayo is writing for, oh, good Lord. uh, I'm sorry, Bitcoinist. Twitter CEO sets sight on African Bitcoin market Oh, wow. Yeah. And I've seen a couple of uh, tweets from Jack uh, as he is, has been chilling out in Africa. Let's read this thing. Dorsey is currently in Ghana after spending a few days in Nigeria meeting with tech entrepreneurs. Part of his visit has included many Bitcoin meetups with developers and startup founders pushing Bitcoin utilization in both countries. If Google searches have anything to go, are anything to go by, then Africa is where it's at. Data from Google Trends shows Nigeria is having the highest BTC searches worldwide over the past 12 months. In fact, two other African countries, South Africa and Ghana. Also make up the top five. The high level of interest hasn't, however, translated to concrete Bitcoin adoption outside of the African cyber cypherpunk scene just yet. For Dorsey, this gap between interest and real world utilization presents an opportunity for Square's Cash App to penetrate the continent. Speaking during a town hall meeting at Tech Point in Lagos, the chief Square chief remarked, quote, I want to understand the challenges of starting a company here and figure out a way I can support it. I want to live here for three to six months next year, full time, no traveling. Mm. Some commentators say Dorsey's approach highlights what constitutes the important aspects of mainstream adoption rather than the pursuit of ETFs and worthless blockchain applications. According to World Bank figures, the majority of sub-Saharan Africa remains unbanked. However, the continent has seen a massive penetration of mobile telecommunications technology. Startups have also been able to leverage these telecom this telecom boom to provide mobile money services, even in rural areas, without access to brick-and-mortar banking infrastructure. With such a buoyant mobile digital money market, Bitcoin payment adoption seems like the next logical step. Unlike officials in Asia and the West, governments in sub-Saharan Africa haven't created administrative roadblocks for crypto adoption. Save for the usual talk of risks, startup operating, startups operating in the industry have a much clearer field. Some crypto companies seem to be alive to this reality and are already seeking ways to leverage the potential in the African digital markets. As, pute- as previously reported by Bitcoinists, Binance added the Nigerian NERA, Naira, Naira as its first ever fiat trading pair. So, Jack's in Africa, and the, that whole statement where he wants to live there for a quarter to two quarters of next year—kind of mind-blowing. Although it doesn't surprise me because that's, well, that's Jack for you. I mean, he'll he'll do things like that. Australian man arrested for unregistered crypto transactions. This is Adrian Munsky writing for Cointelegraph yesterday. Australian law enforcement arrested an unnamed 38-year-old Australian man for performing unregistered cryptocurrency transactions. The police department in Victoria announced on November the 12th that the man had been arrested at his address in the town of Cairn-Lea, the joint report from the Victorian, Victoria Police and Australian Transaction Reports and Analysis Center reads, quote, Detectives from the e-crime squad have arrested a man today as part of an investigation into unregistered cryptocurrency transactions. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Cairn-Lea resident is accused of violation of the AML and Counterterrorism Financing Act of 2006 for providing an unregistered crypto exchange service in the Criminal Code Act of 1995 for dealing with property suspected of being proceeds of crime. During the arrest, law enforcement found a substantial quantity of cash and fake false identification documents which were seized along with the cryptocurrency ATM from a shopping center in Braybrook. The investigation was initiated by reports of scam activity linked to the ATM provided to the police by OSTRAC. The collaboration between the two agencies is one of the first actions by the e-crime squad that was related to cryptocurrencies. Ostrak's National Manager of Intelligence Operations, David Hawkins, said that the outcome of the investigation underscores the importance of collaboration between Ostrak and law enforcement. As CoinTelegraph reported in late November, or late October, Ivan Manuel Molina Lee, the president of controversial Panama-based payments processor Crypto Capital, tied to Bitfinex and other major cryptocurrency exchanges was arrested by Polish authorities under AML accusations. So good lord, man. Uh be, be careful out there folks. Be careful. Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm not going to read the whole thing of this, but uh this is finan this, Oh yeah, this is uh the financial post or financialpost.com. Actually, it's business.financialpost.com. This was uh, looks like this was written by Zane Schwartz on Monday. RBC exploring cryptocurrency trading platform for investments in-store and online purchases. The Royal Bank of Canada is exploring (laughs) building a cryptocurrency trading platform for investments as well as in-store and online purchases. The trading platform would facilitate the buying and selling of individual digital coins, including Bitcoin and Ether, as well as the transfer of funds. Uh, combining different types of cryptocurrencies, the bank is also looking into letting customers open bank accounts containing cryptocurrency. RBC would be the first Canadian bank to launch a cryptocurrency exchange or offer its customer crypto assets. Quote, I can't think of one of the big banks anywhere in the world that has a patent that directly relates to crypto exchanges said Mark Kaufman, a Washington, D.C.-based partner at Riemann Law. RBC has applied for four patents in Canada and the U.S. that lay out a sweeping vision of how it might integrate cryptocurrencies into its operations. The U.S. patent applications, which were filed in April and became public in October, discuss how the bank can take advantage of the growing pop- popularity of cryptocurrencies Quote, to individual users, managing cryptographic keys and transacting with different cryptographic assets can be a challenge. In some situations, asset transactions may take time to be confirmed and or may not be compatible or supported by merchant systems or point-of-sale devices, reads the patent. RBC did not directly the logic's questions, (laughs) including whether it plans to launch a cryptocurrency trading platform and, if so, when it would launch. So, the whole thought that a bank is, you know, might just jump both feet into this entire space is, is kind of exciting except we know one thing they're going to get it wrong it just it's inevitable it's going to happen okay now in in the category of misleading headlines i got this one from bitcoinist.com this is christine vasileva writing this morning Bitcoin price to outpace S&P 500 next year, say 168 financial experts. How's that misleading? I'll you'll you'll find out. Despite short-term volatility, Bitcoin will be the most promising asset class in the coming year, Believe financial experts in a chain analysis poll, the options or opinions belong to professionals such as executives from banks, credit unions, financial service providers, and regulatory agencies. Of the 350 experts polled, 168, or 48%, BTC as an asset class to outperform all others. About a third bet on SEP still rising, while bonds and real estate are the bet of respectively 13, or 5% of the respondents. Okay. That's where the problem is. The headline reads 168 experts. What it should have read is 48% of polled financial experts CBTc is as an asset class to outperform all others. Okay? Not that I I I know that's kind of split in hairs, but hopium can be dangerous. And so it should have really been like something like under 50%. Am I shitting on Bitcoin? No, I'm just saying let's let's Keep a level head out there, people. Quote, many finance professionals understand that cryptocurrency presents a massive opportunity, yet institutions are hesitant to enter the market due to perceived risks. And some don't even realize the exposure that they already have to cryptocurrencies, Says or said Michael Groninger, co-founder and CEO at Chainalysis. In 2019, Bitcoin easily outperformed stock indexes by moving up from $4,000 range to current levels of around $8,800. However, the performance is only a small piece of the asset's history, and BTC has also had disastrous years, lagging behind all asset classes. On Wednesday, BTC traded at $8,812 on volumes of $19 billion in 24 hours. The S&P 500 started the year with around, oh, at around 2,500 points, climbing above the 3,000-point range, among fears a stock sell-off may happen at any moment. So far, there is no consensus on what would happen to BTC prices in case of a stock market downturn. Mainstream investors are still highly aware of the potential for BTC and other crypto assets to facilitate, you guessed it, Illegal transactions. More than 40% of respondents stated that they were not making bigger forays into the crypto space due to worries about legal issues. Around 44% of managers responded that they would grow more interested in digital coins if their clients demanded it. 20% believe owning crypto assets would future-proof their holdings. Chain analysis also discovered that 70% of managers believe there will be a new global digital currency within the next 10 to 15 years to 10 to uh, sorry, five to ten years. Of those that expect the scenario, a third believe the US will be behind the new asset, while twenty-one percent believe China will control the new coin. Chain analysis has taken up the task of blockchain tracking to achieve a new standard of transparency that make institutional investors blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's chain analysis, you know, not a big fan. But there you go. So we've got, you know, you know, forty eight percent of these people really do believe that it's going to you know outpace the S and i I'll take it. I'll take it. Oh, Evercoin Two joins the mobile hardware wallet market fray. This is Vlad Costia. He's writing yesterday for Bitcoin Magazine on November the twelfth during the Invest NYC event. Bitcoin wallet and exchange Evercoin announced the launch of a new mobile first hardware wallet, Evercoin Two. The new product is available for both iPhones and Android devices and was developed in collaboration with influential security-oriented hardware manufacturer, Yubico. Evercoin, Two uses the hardware specifications of the popular YubiKey 5CI authentication device, but is sold with proprietary software in order to function with the Evercoin Bitcoin exchange. This means that users who already own a YubiKey can extend its functionality to manage BTC keys on the Evercoin platform by simply downloading the software. Also, new users who choose to purchase the Evercoin 2 can still make use of the encrypted password manager and social media email authentication features for which the YubiKey is best known. Quote, anybody who already owns a YubiKey 5CI should absolutely download Evercoin because it's like getting a free hardware wallet. Evercoin co-founder Miko Matsumura, Matsumura told Bitcoin Magazine, the new mobile wallet is a direct competitor with HTC's Exodus 1S phone, which was launched in October of 2019 during the Lightning Conference and also integrates a hardware wallet. However... There are three major differences between the devices. Firstly, Evercoin 2 can be used on any mobile phone with a Lightning or USB-C connector, unlike the HTC Exodus 1S, which is a standalone item with fixed hardware and software. Second, the Evercoin 2 adds more key and password storage options for social media, email, and other accounts. Than HTC's product. Finally, only the HTC phone is natively capable of running a full Bitcoin node. Matsumura hinted that a full node feature may be added to Evercoin 2 in the future. Quote The Evercoin mobile user interface doesn't support this use case yet, but since Evercoin is fully non custodial, that's important the user has full control <clears throat> over their own private keys he said another mobile friendly device with which the evercoin 2 competes is Shift's crypto, shift crypto cryptocurrency's bitbox 02 which has a male usb c connector it also enables full node connectivity however the swiss made product does not offer bitcoin keys or does not offer non bitcoin key storage features and is only compatible with android phones which support the connector <clears throat> The collaboration between Evercoin and Ubico has led to a patent filing for wallet backup and recovery. This way, users will be able to get their coins back even if their phones or YubiKey devices break or get lost. In an official blog post, Evercoin explained that the security model is based on a two-of-two two multisig. The non-custodial exchange holds one of the keys, and the other one gets sent to the user via email. None of them can access the funds without the other. As long as the user doesn't lose the key, the Bitcoin can be recovered by contacting Evercoin. This can be helpful if the mobile phone or key powered Evercoin 2 device gets lost or broken. However, it's still unclear what happens if the user's email gets hacked and the hackers contact Evercoin support to obtain the second key and steal the funds. Quote, in addition to protecting your private key from hackers like any hardware wallet, the Evercoin 2 also protects you from yourself, Matsumara added. By providing a safe, non custodial, and easy way to back up and restore your wallet, we prevent users from losing all their coins because everyone occasionally makes mistakes, end quote. At press time, there is no mention of the price of the Evercoin 2 mobile hardware wallet. However, the YubiKey 5CI costs $70 on Yubico's website, and the device only requires software from Evercoin to add Bitcoin compatibility. Nonetheless, Evercoin has officially introduced its product as the quote, safest hardware wallet, and exchange, end quote, so it's going to be interesting to see upcoming reviews from security experts. And I don't I don't know, man. That whole emailing you one of the keys just gives me the gives me goosebumps. So if you guys are considering this, dive down that little mini rabbit hole and find out what the hell's going on with Evercoin, too, <clears throat> before you do a damn thing with it. Because, again, that whole email thing, man, it just really gives me the willies. Now, the CFTC chairman says, America should lead the blockchain space. Well, duh. This is this morning, Ali Raza's writing for Bitcoinist.com. CFTC's Heath Tarbert attended a conference this Tuesday sharing his views on the state of the crypto blockchain industry in the United States. According to him, the U.S. should take a more active role in the space and even then take the lead if possible. The U.S.'s regulatory landscape is fractured and uncertain, and the chairman believes that the issue lies in the fact that the federal and state agencies are jockeying for oversight of the markets. He believes that the environment needs to become more welcoming toward emerging technologies and innovation. Tarbert also revealed that the desire to create a stable regulatory landscape came due to the CFTC's employees' choice to make forward-looking one of the agency's core values. To achieve the new goals, he admitted that the CFTC is communicating with the SEC almost on a daily basis. Furthermore, the agency has been working on various questions regarding the digital asset space on an international level, while the Financial Stability Board, but also as a member of the Stability Oversight Council, The chairman has revealed that CFTC's new viewpoint on the digital assets and blockchain space, stating that this technology could bring a fundamental transformational change to the financial system of the world. However, the agency also firmly believes that America needs to be the leader in the space, which is currently not the case. Yeah, I wonder why. In fact, the United States is being left behind while other countries such as Japan, South Korea, Malta, Switzerland, and others are making inroads into the area. Malta? Real, we're getting our ass handed to us by Malta. Wow, that's just impressive. Tarbert certainly believes that the U.S. has the means to become the leader in this sector, and that Congress could answer could answer some of the most important questions regarding the rise of digital assets. The chairman admitted that there were a few proposed bills that would have provided some much-needed clarity. But there was not a lot of movement in the area up to this point. He even mentioned the CFTC's Reauthorization Act of 2019, stating that this is a great step, although a very modest one, clearly indicating he is not quite satisfied with the results. Even so, he still believes that the inclusion of digital assets as part of the act is a meaningful signal. When it comes to the SEC, however, the regulator has been relying on the Howey test to determine whether an asset is a security or not. This criterion has allowed SEC to prosecute fraudulent ICOs baiting, dating back to 2017, but deemed Bitcoin and Ethereum were commodities. Tarbert agrees with this, and he proclaimed the same himself back in early October. However, he states that the CFTC's assessment is based on a different approach and that the agency believes that decentralized digital assets are less likely to be securities. So this is the kind of, kind of the second uh, CFTC chief that we've seen Back to back, that are not are certainly not haters of Bitcoin. So I don't. I I'm going to take it as good news. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now in, in in um in the laughable section of the news today, we have China's central bank official says digital yuan should have controllable anonymity. Wow, controllable anonymity. Let that one just bounce around your head for a while. Controllable anonymity. David Pan writing for Coindesk yesterday. China's proposed new stablecoin project should strike a balance between protecting privacy and regulatory enforcement, China's Digital Currency Research Institute said on Tuesday. Within the People's Bank of China, the Digital Currency Research Institute is part of the Central Bank's Payments Division. Speaking at a conference in Singapore, Chang Chen Mu, Said the central bank will not seek full control of users' personal details while fulfilling authorities' need for information, according to a report by Reuters. Quote, We know the demand from the general public is to keep up to keep anonymity by using paper money and coins. We will give those people who demand it anonymity in their transactions, Moose said at a conference, quote, but at the same time, we will keep the balance between the controllable anonymity and anti-money laundering CTF or counter-terrorist financing. And also tax issues, online gambling, and any electronic criminal activities, he said. China's digital currency has divided opinion in crypto and blockchain circles. While some observers see useful validation in the world's most populous nation adopting a Bitcoin-adjacent currency system, others worry about authoritarian surveillance and control. The central bank has said it will guarantee cash-like levels of privacy, but it means it will retain the ability to track down crypto users if it suspects illegal activity like money laundering. Quote, that is a balance that we have to keep, and that is our goal. We are not seeking full control of information of the general public, Moo said. Horse-pucky. Absolute, 100% horse-pucky if you believe any of what's coming out of Moo's mouth. I got an inventory of bridges, just saying, don't believe this. There's no such thing as controllable anonymity. I mean, there there probably is insofar that, yeah, you can make make it work that way, but it's not going to be real anonymity because somebody somewhere is going to know 100% of what's going on. That's not anonymous. It just means that we won't give your stuff to other people, and they don't have to. Because the way China's run, they're the ones that are going to come after you if they even suspect a problem. They don't have to give it to a third party. They're just going to do it themselves, right? Yeah, do not believe this. Again, do not believe anything coming out of Mu's mouth. And let's see, hold on here for just a sec. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm going to go ahead and end it there. That's your morning roundup. Mm-hmm. Vital statistics. We have Bitcoin at 8796 on the average. We've got ooh, there's quite a bit of spread here. Uh, we have Coinsbit listing it at 8,958. And we have a low over at P2P B2B at 8,700. And f- oh, no, actually hit BTC. It's going to be hit BTC at 8,746. That's one of the larger spreads that I've seen. So there's some, uh, I guess, some arbitrage opportunity there. We've only had, oh, wow, it's low. We've only had 283,000 transactions in the last 24 hours, with an average being about 12,000 transactions per hour. We have had 1,150,000 BTC being sent over that past 24 hours, with about 50,000 BTC being sent per hour. Four BTC are being sent in an average transaction and 0.027 BTC are being sent in or it, it, uh, is the median transaction value. That's about $233. Block time is quite high, quite high. This is going to be interesting for the hash. 12 minutes, 38 seconds on the block time. So we're averaging only five blocks per hour. Why? Why? Well, let's do fees first. 0.28 BTC are being taken in fees on a per block basis, and 32.75 BTC have been taken in fees over the last uh, 24 hours. Oh, that's why. We've had a 17% drop in the hash rate. We are just over 80 to 82.5 exahashes per second. Oh, do, 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 do. And, oh, yeah, it looks like the last uh, commit to the uh, Bitcoin repository was sometime yesterday. Ethereum is at 188. Bcash is at 286. Litecoin is at 61. BSV is at 127. Ethereum Classic is at 4.8. Dogecoin is at 0.0028 USD. And with 30,000 transactions over the last 24 hours, it's pretty much crushing. Wow, it's all it almost caught up to Bcash's thirty four thousand and is stomping all over as usual. Litecoin's twenty thousand seven hundred and ninety nine. I'm gonna check. I want to check the what's going on in the hash rate for the others. Everybody lost hash rate except Ethereum and Ethereum Classic. Uh, it looks like Bcash has lost uh, half a percent. Litecoin has lost 2%, and BSV has lost 6%. Of course, none of their hash rate even remotely approach Bitcoin's hash rate, so I'm not even going to be worried. But it is interesting to see an almost 20% drop in 24 hours of hash rate. Uh, Mempool is probably deep. Eh, Not bad. I mean, it's seven blocks with 12,300 unconfirmed transactions. It looks like all, yeah, all the blocks are above one megabyte. And let's go look at lightning. We, are pa- we have passed 10,400 nodes. We have now 10,415 lightning nodes that we can identify on the network. We have had a 120% increase over the last 24 hours in the amount of new nodes coming online, but a drop of 38% in the amount of new channels coming online in the last 24 hours. We only have... 58 brand new spanking channels, and that's gonna do it for Vitals. All right. A big shout out to Buzz Lightyears at Buzz years with a Z and an underscore on Twitter. Uh I love this guy. He's always sending me cool stuff. And so he's also sending you today's a tunage. This is I'm going to go ahead and do this week in in backwards because it good I am I'm digging the music. Dig I'm I'm digging it. It good tunage, man. Good tunage. This is uh this song is named Statism and it features Craig Mabbitt of Escape the Fate. Um good tune. And, I, I, again, like I said on Monday, I like it that I'm seeing more bands coming online talking about this kind of thing. Um, you know, I've been hearing a lot of them lately, and it's it's nice to see that people still have, have a spine. So, anyway, uh, I'm going to roll it. Thank you, Buzz. I appreciate your patronage, man.
1: If I rep a dude, I live at the end. And you can't do it, so ain't no need for mimicking. I'm not innocent. I'm on a mission, so let me finish it, Man.
0: Daily train wreck is brought to you by Bjarna Schaustrop. Who is he? Well, he apparently is the creator of C, the programming language that Bitcoin is written in. And like everything else, it's my God, it's it's everywhere. So that said, how's it a train wreck? Well, I'm I'm now poisoned with soy. The amount of soy in this following story that I'm going to read poisoned my soul because I had no idea how much soy there actually existed in the world, but apparently it's quite a bit. Why do I say that? Well, let me lead this thing off with a quote that's buried in the middle of this story and then we'll get to the rest of it. Quote, I'm very happy and proud of some of the things C++ is being used at and some other things I wish people wouldn't do. Bitcoin mining being my favorite example. It uses as much energy as Switzerland and mostly serves criminals. Now that I've been poisoned, you have been poisoned. Sorry, didn't mean to do that. This is Coin Telegraph's Anna Alexandra writing for yeah Coin for Coin This was uh, sometime last night. Jarn Shorstrap, a Danish computer science scientist and the creator of C++ programming language, has vented his frustration with use of C++ in Bitcoin mining. Southstrap made his remarks during an interview for Lex Friedman's podcast released on November the 7th. Speaking with Friedman, Southstrap provided an extensive insight into the evolution of C++, the language's concepts, implementation, and efficiency. Although Southstrap noted that programming languages generally have large user bases that use them in ways they were not designed for. He expressed disappointment that Bitcoin's creator, Satoshi Nakamoto, chose C++ as the fundamental language to write the original implementation of Bitcoin's source code. Sostrup continued saying, quote, When you build a tool, you do not know how it's going to be used. You try to improve the tool by looking at how it's being used, and when people cut their fingers off and try to stop them from that happening, but really you have no control over how something is used. Referring to C++ misuse, Southstrup pointed out massive amounts of electricity used for the leading digital currency mining as well as its purported deployment for illicit activities and that's where and this is where his idiotic quote comes in continuing some industry players have attempted to find a solution to energy consumption in bitcoin mining in september bitcoin mining infrastructure firm northern bitcoin ag completed a test for its new air cooled mining container The company operates BTC focused mining hardware that uses renewable energy sources and aims to attain optimal efficiency and sustainability. The same month it was reported that Bitcoin energy consumption was becoming rapidly more efficient despite more computing power being dedicated to Bitcoin mining, lesser electricity was required to fuel it. I, again, God, this is like, this is like having a truckload of soybeans just dumped on you. And here's one of the other things is that I I noticed, and this was brought to my attention by somebody in the community. Um, Actually, hold on for a second, because I got to give that dude a shout out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is at INDVS3. You've seen him before. I guarantee it. He's replying to um, one of my tweets about this. It says, yes, that said. Bjorn has nothing to say against Bitcoin or mining. In his own perspective, he's done more damage to information technology than anybody else, and he provides a screenshot, which is always nice because this is a Google search. Most viruses are written in, and and that's that's what he's that's the search term. First up, C and C Viruses used to be written in in assembly back in the day. Some of them still are. As for now, most viruses are written in C and C++. So, Yarn, I hate to tell you this, but those viruses have been written in your language doing more damage since before the inception of Bitcoin. I noticed that you didn't say anything about that. So there's your smoldering pile apparently sucking in the corner as much energy down its gullet as Switzerland. Okay, after that, we need a joke. This is going to be from Dad Says Jokes. Teacher, I'm your son's teacher and I'm calling to tell you that he may be a compulsive liar, woman. And he's a good one. I don't have a son. I like that one. That one's pretty good. All right. We're just going to go ahead and cut to the chase. I am, my voice is cooked, fried. I got no closing comments. See you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.